I was flicking through Instagram one day and I see a dad was having trouble. So, you know, I reached out to him and was like, you know, I've been through the same. If you want to have a chat, let's talk. December the 12th it was. He messaged me saying, the girlfriend's left me. She threatened to leave, take the, my daughter. What do I do? And I was like, well, you know, after everything you've said to me, she's not best place to save your child. I sat there and I helped him. On the 22nd of December 2021, he got custody of his daughter. My wife was like, you know, Nathan, you, you need to be doing this on a regular basis. You need to be helping other dads because you've got the tools. You, you know how to talk to people and you can make people see sense. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So on the 28th of January 2022, Dad's Advocate was born as a CIC. Hi, everyone. It's Carla Shohet here. I am so excited that you're here making time for yourself. Welcome to Time to Unlearn, a podcast for all those of you, of us, incredible cycle-breaking humans who are healing from trauma and narcissistic abuse. A journey about understanding who you are and why you are the way you are and about receiving the support that you deserve to heal your inner wounds, both in the mind and the body. On this episode, we're going to discuss parenting alongside a high-conflict ex-partner and the difficulties and impact this creates for the parent who is being victimised or worse, alienated. And most importantly, how to bring the focus back on what's the most important part, the children. But before we start, I want you to remember that you can start to live the life you've always deserved, feeling good enough, important, lovable and worthy, because you are and it is possible. On today's episode, you will hear from a very special guest. He's going to help us to take a look from a slightly different perspective at the plethora of problems that can happen when the other parent of our children is unwilling to play nice in a co-parenting situation. So without further ado, I'm so excited that I reached out to this incredible human being who's called Nathan. I don't even know his surname, actually, I should have asked. Nathan is the founder of Dad's Advocates, and I'm so excited that he's here with us today. I want to tell you about Nathan. He is a separated dad's mentor and a male domestic abuse advocate. So I wanted to take this uh, topic today of parenting from a, a slightly different perspective to how it's discussed normally, because it's so, so needed. Okay. So Nathan, welcome. Thank you for being with us. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's so nice to have you here. So why don't you start, Nathan, by introducing yourself? Just tell us a little bit about you, you know, your personal life, your professional life, and, and uh, let's see how the audience responds, because I really want them to understand why you're here, why I brought you on today. Okay, no worries. So uh, like I said, my name's Nathan. Uh, I'm just a 39-year-old male from, I mean, I live in Lincoln now. My family, two, four children, two with an abusive ex-partner, one stepson who has got parental full PR over, and then obviously a son that I've got with my current wife. I'm an electrical engineer by trade then done private security, and then about a year ago, I started Dad's Advocates, just hope men that were in the same position I was in to go through the court system, because we all know it's biased, but to go through the court system and stay or remain child-focused, but without the high legal cost of solicitors and that. Yeah, I understand that you're also um, you're also a McKenzie friend. Do you want to explain to my audience, in case whoever's listening might not know what a McKenzie friend can do, in terms of helping out in a in, within the legal court system, at least. Yeah, so a Mackenzie friend is basically a support network for someone that's in the court system. You know, they obviously charge a lot less than 
elitist solicitor barrister. The only difference that Mackenzie Frank can't do is actually talk to the judge in the courtroom, but they can help advise you on what to do. They can talk to the other party solicitor beforehand. So they can do everything a solicitor can do apart from, you know, di- uh, talk to the judge directly unless asked to. But, you know, I've done it many times where I'll sit in the courtroom with someone and I'll write little notes and just pass it over and say, you know, you need to be saying this. And, you know, it's just advising them and giving them that support that they need, really, because it's emotionally and mentally draining. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a roller coaster, right? And it's, it can be really daunting when you have to go through the legal process. But before we go into more detail about all of that and the work you do with people and how you help, I would really like it if you could share a little snippet of, you know, how why, why Dad's Advocates. You know, you said you're an electrical engineer. Uh, as your main job, but you decided to start this this uh, project. Uh, not a small feat either. Um, so I really, really look up to you and admire you for you know the work you're doing. It's so, so needed. So tell us a little bit more, if you don't mind, about how you got here. Why Dad's Advocates? Tell us your little story. Well, it's not a little story, but a little bit of your story. <laughs> I was in an abusive relationship with my ex-partner. So about eight years ago, I was in an abusive relationship, very controlling. You know, she wasn't physically abusive, but mentally, she was abusive. You know, she, she coerced me. She was very jealous on if I went to the gym, you know, I'd be in the gym and she'd ring me 30 times within an hour, like, where are you? You know, I'm just trying to do my gym session. She controlled all the money. So the money went into my bank account. It went to her bank account and she spent it how she wanted to spend it. So, you know, all the different elements of the abuse system was there, apart from the physical. I was just about ready to leave her. Uh, but I found out she was pregnant with my daughter. So, you know, I did the thing that all males do, you know, I must stick with her, you know, I've got to be right, I've got to raise a family together. But ultimately, it was never going to work. So I should have just left when when I was planning on leaving. But obviously, my daughter was born. It got to the point where I was about ready to leave again. But me being me, trying to make it work, you know, you, you still have that intimacy. And three months after my daughter was born, she announced she was pregnant again. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I've got... One child, three months old, I'm ready to leave the relationship and now she's pregnant again. So what do I do? Do the same thing. I'll stick with her. You know, I've got to make this work. Halfway through the pregnancy, enough was enough. So I just left. Uh, But as I was leaving, it was one of typical, if you're not here with me, you're not going to be here for your children. And that went on. So, you know, she stopped me seeing both my children when they were born so I knew I needed to do something. So I went to the solicitors, as every everyone does, go to the solicitors. I begged, borrowed, stole money, racked up thousands and thousands of pounds worth of debt and only got every other weekend with my children, uh, which wasn't enough for me because I'm, I'm not one to be uh, the weekend typical weekend dad. And it wasn't right for my children. My children didn't deserve that because I knew what mum was like. Yeah. So over the next six-month period, I taught myself all these different strategies and techniques on how to work with the system rather than being against my ex. Uh, so then I went back to court with no solicitors, no barristers, no legal team, and I won full custody of my children. That's amazing, amazing work. It's a, it's a lot, isn't it? Because you have to, like you say, you have to really be child-focused, which is the right thing, but also you need to know what the courts and the legal system are expecting in how you express your witness statements and all, so it doesn't look like you're, you know, playing this kind of tit-for-tat battle between, you know, a conflictual relationship and you are you are in it for the right reasons, which is to protect the children and safeguard your relationship with them because it's important. And you sound like you were 
you know, the type of dad that wants to be involved. So this is another important point, isn't it? That, you know, again, not all dads are like you, unfortunately, but there are a lot of dads that would like to be involved in their children's lives and, you know, consistently and frequently. I think a lot of the problem is as well, though, because a lot of people don't realise where the term weekend dad comes from. So basically, weekend dad is because the courts say that the child needs uh, quality time with both parents. Now, quality time is classed as a weekend only because during the weekday, Monday to Friday, it's school. So they go to school, they come home, they have dinner, they do the homework, they go in the bath, they go to bed. So then they say, you know, you can only have every other weekend because it's quality time. But what a lot of dads don't realise is they, they can ask for more. So, you know, I when I work with my dad, I say, you know, ask for the weekends and then the weeks that you don't have the child at the weekend, you ask for week day contact because to me, ultimately, picking a child up from school is important. That's when you learn what they're learning at school, their homework, uh, how they're socially active with people. Yeah, and that, that emotional connection as well, isn't there? Yeah. There's, there's not a day that goes by that I do not do the school runs in my house. Every day I will take the children to school and I will pick them up because that is important to me. When I work with dads, they say, oh, well, what can I ask for? What do you mean, what can you ask for? You ask for whatever you want. There's, there's no law that says you, you have to have every other weekend. There's no law that says you can't have weekdays. If you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> it's that simple. It almost starts, it sounds like you start on a back foot. I mean, I'm not saying that this is not the case for some women in relationships with uh, narcissistic or abusive or toxic, you know, ex-partners. It definitely is. <laughs> I work with a lot of women um, and men, but majority women. And, you know, I do see this a lot as well. Where they, we just, you just don't know what you don't know, right? And it's, you know, the legal system is, you know, no one gets married and has children, you know, intending to end up in that situation. So it is all new and it's so important because there's, you know, all the legal jargon as well. It can be really difficult and, you know, scary. And, you know, there's all the emotional fears of, you know, not being able to, you know, protect your children, especially as you say, you know, you knew what the mum was like. So it's it's a really, really important and very, very emotional, emotive subject and 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 time in your life as a massive stress roller coaster of emotions all the time. And just going back a little bit, just for the nature of my podcast, which is to help people, you know, heal from trauma and narcissistic abuse. You said that you were with your ex-partner and she, you know, you became aware that she was, you know, coercively controlling you, financially abusing you manipulative, maybe gaslighting, all those kind of standard kind of abusive, toxic traits. At which point in the relationship did you understand that that's what you were in and that's what you were faced with in in, in terms of your relationship with her? When my best mate sat me down and said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like for me, ah, right. her, her ringing me a lot of the time when I was out and about, that was her, her way of showing love and, and affection. Like that's one of her love languages is, is that connection as we all have these different love languages. But it wasn't until my mate physically sat me down and says, look, Nathan, this is not right, you know, and then that started the clogs turning. But obviously when you're already manipulated and you're already in that situation, it's still hard to physically see it. So it's not until you actually get yeah. out of it that you can see, shit, yeah, that was going on like that, you know what I mean? But it wasn't until my best mate just sat me down, you know, basically slapped me around the face and says, you know, put yourself together. I've literally watched you go from a 14 and a half stone male to a seven stone male because of everything she's putting you through. Like, where's this gone? Yeah, so I wonder, that's interesting because I saw those pictures on your social media about, you know, you literally were, you know, a third of your size and not looking particularly healthy at that time, if you don't mind me saying, you know, quite unusually thin for a male, especially. And uh, 
I wondered yeah. whether that was kind of post, you know, during the separation phase and the court, but it actually was during the relationship. Yeah, it was during the relationship. So it had affected your mental health. Yeah, mentally, drastically, you know. And I was trying to do everything right, everything by the book, as they say, you know. You, you are the male, you go out to work, you, you earn the money, you come home, you know. And then I was coming home and, you know, stuff like the house wasn't tidied and, you know, I'd be like, well, why is it not tidy? You know, you've been at home all day. You know, you, you don't, you physically don't work. So, you know, and then I was cooking dinner. And I know these are all little things and it's stereotypical of me to say, you know, she's at home, so she should be cooking and cleaning. I'm not saying that's what she should have been doing, but you know, if I understand, if I've gone to work, if I've gone to work all day, you know, you put you pull, we wait around a bit, yeah. and and things yeah, like that. I, I understand you're not saying in that in a stereotypical male female yeah. role. You know, you're just saying you know, in a relationship, we've both got to do some of the work, and you know, and, you know, I, I'd, if I wanted to go out, I'd have to say, you know, can I have some money just to go down to the pub with my mate, or you know, like for example. When my daughter was born, I went round to his house just for a cup of tea. And she was like, oh, you must be seeing some of a woman. I was like, I've got my two-month-old daughter. I'm having a cup of tea with my mate and his wife and his kids. We're just having a catch-up. Like, how do you get from me leaving the house mm-hmm. for my daughter to, oh, you must be seeing some of a woman? Uh, so there's a lot of jealousy going on there. Like you say, a lot of gaslighting. So then it got to the point where I was like, well, I just won't even bother leaving the house. And I'll just stay at home but then that's not healthy for my mindset that's not healthy for the family's mindset yeah it's just a crazy time it's a crazy time and I look back at it now and I think man what was I doing what was I doing back then yeah it's difficult when you're in it to realize isn't it and yeah but it shaped me to who I am today and and, and what I do and you know as, as much as I hate what she did to me I'm, I'm thankful for what she did to me when someone I hear someone saying that I can usually tell that's a real sign of thriving after narcissistic abuse or toxic relationships is turning those pain, those wounds into your growth, right? And it's a real thing. Post-traumatic growth is, a, you know, has been researched and scientifically proven in po- positive psychology settings. It's, uh, it's amazing to hear you say that. And I'm so happy for you that you recognize that, you know, despite it being very painful and I'm sure uh, not the best time in your life, it was for a purpose, which is, and now look at that, you're helping so many to stay together with their children, despite, you know, maybe a relationship falling apart. You tell me about Dad's Advocates. How did it start? What do you do? I know you have three values in terms of, you know, wanting to reduce parental conflict, wanting to protect children's rights and emotional well-being, and also campaigning for legislation and, and policy changes, which is not a small task. <laughs> I mean, I remember uh, in a couple of decades, a couple of decades ago, and I don't know what you know about them, but Fathers for Justice, <laughs> they went a slightly different way about uh, uh, fathers' rights, didn't they? Uh, I don't see you wearing a superhero outfit or anything like that. <laughs> You'll never see me wear one of them. Uh, so how did we start? So... But basically what happened was back end of, I think it was like October 2021. So I'm I'm not a social media person. I always hate social media. But I was flicking through Instagram one day and I see a dad was having trouble. So, you know, I reached out to him and was like, you know, I've, I've been through the same. If you want to have a chat, let's talk. And we were talking for a month or so. And then in December of 2021, December the 12th it was, he messaged me saying, the girlfriend's left me. She threatened to leave, take the, my daughter. What do I do? And I was like, well, you know, after everything you've said to me, she's not best place to safeguard your child. So, you know, we need to be going to court. We need to fill out an application. So, you know, 
I sat there and I helped him. I mean, I live in, at the time I live in Lincoln and he was in Essex. So I was like, it was a phone. I was helping him fill out the C100 form. And then on the 22nd of December, 2021, he got custody of his daughter. Uh, and I was like, this wow. is crazy. You, you know what I mean? Like, I can I'm see your face. You feel like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> wow. You know, he was like the best Christmas present ever. And like, literally, I'd never met the bloke before. So then over the Christmas period. I can see my, it's my, quite my emotional. You're so passionate about this, aren't you? I can see the emotion coming. Yeah, I can understand that totally. My wife was like, you know, Nathan, you, you need to be doing this on a regular basis. You need to be helping other dads because you, you've got the tools. You, you know how to talk to people and you can make people see sense. So I was like, yeah, I only work a part-time job in private security now. You know, the, the wife, she earns enough for both of us. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So on the 28th of January, 2022, Dad's Advocate was born as a CIC. And the thing is, I didn't want to you do it as a business. I didn't want to benefit from it because that's not what I'm about. You know, I'm there to help. Ultimately, yes, I'm here to help dads and advocate for dads. But ultimately, it's about the children. Uh, and if you help a dad change his mindset on the whole aspect of how we should be facing this, this issue we have, then ultimately, you're going to keep the child happy. You know, then there's potential that you're going to be able to co-parent or at very best parallel parent because your mindset's changed. So you're not just attacking the ex-partner. So yeah, that's why we started as a CIC. We are trying to get charity status, but that's very hard for a male organisation to get charity. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're fighting at it. We're fighting. We're still going. So, you know, oh, you touched on um, the fact that, you know, your your whole purpose here is is the children. And actually, that's what I what I really felt through when I when I found you on social media. But accidentally, I was like, I like this guy because you're also although the name is Dad's Advocate, you're actually an advocate for the kids as well, especially because I've seen some of your uh, reels and, you know, messaging is talking to the dad kind of, you know, hey, you're a dad <laughs> just because your relationship's gone to pot doesn't mean you can just walk away be the dad you're always a dad and I like that message because it is a responsibility and and I understand why I think some men just walk away because there isn't really much support out there for them so it's kind of like you feel hopeless helpless and eventually the the abusive partner just kind of wins unfortunately right um so that's why I really love the fact that you're actually talking to the men and saying you know come on be the dad. You're a dad now. Um, so I love that as well. So um, tell us a little bit about, you know, in practical terms, what what the kind of things you actually help your clients with in terms of, you know, I know that you had false allegations made in court about you, all the difficult stuff, the costs of all the legal process. I know that I saw on your uh, page that you spent up upwards of £43,000. It's a lot of money, right? And, some, and that can be off-putting in the first place, right? Like, I can't go there. Um, you know, all the mediation stuff, the the forms, dealing with solicitors that don't speak human sometimes. No offence to the solicitors that do. <laughs> the law that is written in a different language when you read it. The authorities, that's a whole other piece. And you need to know how to communicate with them. The, the actual hearings in court, you know, writing the statements. I've been myself in court twice to try and protect my children. And it was very daunting. <laughs> it's, I'm not going to lie. Tell us a little bit about how you help them. Basically, I, I talk to a dad very closely. I'm like, and this this is where people say, well, why don't you deal with women? And it's because I know how a man feels. And I've been there as a male. Mm. I know how a man feels. And I can talk to a man better than I can to a woman because of that authority figure. I, I can tell a man to sit down and shut the up. 
you know, it's very different to, to tell a woman to shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so yeah, and, and, <laughs> and obviously when 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 the relationship breaks down, it's all about I'm going to attack her because she's attacking me. So I change a, a male's mindset on you know we're not here about the, the rubbish that's gone on between you and your ex partner. You know I, I train the mind to stay child focused, and a lot of the times I can see it on a call that that they do change their mind as as we're talking and they change their mindset and they change the way they talk and then they go so much just twigs in the mind that you know yeah I'm, I'm not doing it right it's a shift yeah because it's very emotional isn't it the topic it is really highly charged and you know when someone's wounding you you know it's kind of human nature to want to lash back out you know but that's not really looked well upon in in court isn't it no no exactly so you know so i change their mindsets and train them on how to just stay child focused we help them with the court applications so my team so i used to help people with the court applications myself and it, it's a very time consuming thing but now i've got a team of uh, i've worked with third year law students so they do my applications for me which is very good because they use us as their their placement for their degree so you know they're getting hands on experience they know the law better than i do cuz like i said before I don't, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a solicitor, I'm not training anyway. I just know what I've been through. So, yeah, you know, we've got a good group of law students that work with us now. Amazing. And it's a, a win win. It's lovely. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, so we help them with that, you know, the applications, uh, witness statements, position statements. And also, what I do is I, people, I've had women tell me, oh, you're just trying to play the system. I, I train people or teach people on what to expect during a CAFCAS and social workers call, whether it be a safeguarding call or a Section 7 report or a 47 report. Because obviously what what tends to happen on these reports is the social worker or CAFCAS worker will talk to mum first and mum will bring up all her allegations and they'll talk to dad and dad will bring up her all his allegations and it's that tit for tat. He said, she said, you know, I'm just going to, do what I can just to shut you down and, and I teach them, you know, what they want to be hearing. Like, we all know we've all got issues with your ex-partner, but like I said, ultimately it's about the child. So it's about talking to the system about, you know, we are here for the children, not to, to get back at the ex, because ultimately it is, it's always going to be about the children. The children are going to be the only ones that lose out, regardless on what you think of each other. It's always the children that lose out. So the law states that, both parents have equal rights. But what I tell, I tell my dads I work with is we're not here for your rights because technically you don't have any rights. It's the children's right to see both parents as long as it's safe to do so. Uh, to understand, as a child, to understand where you're going to go in life and understand your background, you need quality time with both parents. So it's all about changing that mind. It's about taking emotions out of it because as a male, we are shown to show aggression and anger all the time. So when we're hurt, we're upset, we're down and out, we, we still show our physical presence is still that alpha male, you know, I've got to do it all. So you come across aggressor, you come across as the perpetrator. And if that's what your ex is accusing you of, then in family court, yeah, in family court, it's all done on probability. So if you're, if you're looking like you're a perpetrator, the probability is you are a perpetrator. So, you know, it's about going back to to day one and get rid of the caveman era we used to live in and show show the emotions in the right way and just remain child focused 
I also want to say, you know, and I, and I did think of this um, myself, actually, before approaching you, I'll be honest, it's like, do I do this episode? Because it's so easy for people going through this, male or female, to be triggered by the other gender, okay, in this situation. So, I, you know, what is the backlash for you? Because I did wonder, you know, that there would be probably quite a bit of that <laughs> from the other gender. Uh, I get a lot of women come to me and say how well I'm doing like yourself, I've had quite a few women come to me for help as well. And yes, whereas I won't turn down helping a woman, because I won't, because ultimately it's about the children. I just won't, I won't give them the time that I give a dad, you know, and I'll point, point them in a different direction. But, you know, for example, we've got the, the uh, Dad's Advocates app. And on that, there is a supporters version of it for like step parents and grandparents and mums to be on there as well. You've done so much in such a short space of time. I mean, I'm just so impressed. It's incredible. Really well done. Honestly, it's really impressive and admirable and inspirational as well. And, you know, anyone that comes across across you and gets your help is absolutely lucky with this because there isn't much else that I know of anyway. And I've been in this line of work for quite some time. So, um, Nathan, what about, so we touched upon, and I did too at the beginning of the episode, co-parenting with a toxic, abusive or narcissistic or high-conflict partner, ex-partner. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> yeah, it's not laughing that matter, though, is it? It's really painful. No, it's not. It's, it's not easy to co-parent at all with a high-conflict ex. You'll never hear dad's advocates use the word narcissist. If you go into court and say she's a narcissist, you can't prove that. But what you can prove is it's high-conflict. So we use everything as high-conflict. As in working with a narcissist, high conflict text is very hard to co-parent. So the, the bare minimum you can do is parallel parent, and even then, it's it's not easy to do so. Uh, but it's all about putting your boundaries in place. As long as you've got your boundaries in place and you know what your boundaries are set as, and as long as you parent that child, that's all the child can ask for. Keep your boundaries in place. Be the parent and just be the best person you can be, and that is all you can do. I physically can't co-parent with my ex, but that's only because she's got no interest in the children at all. I mean, I've been to court 28 times with, with my ex-partner <laughs> and she just walks away from the children at every time unless she gets full custody. So, And that's ultimately never going to happen now. <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it's very hard because... But at the same time, if you if a man changes their mindset and... Of the woman, the mum can see it. I mean, I've I've seen it done in dads I've worked with so far. Uh, you can change that high conflict and take that high conflict out of it, and the mum will ultimately come around and be able to parallel parent and co-parent with you. Uh, I've worked with a dad. Mm, for it the depends last 18. on who you've got in front of you, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've worked with a dad for the last eighteen months, and there was no way he was ever going to have contact with his child. There was no way he was ever going to talk to his ex partner again. And now they co-parent very, very well. Uh, they go out for coffees together. It's just amazing. So if you, as long as you change your mindset, that's the best you can hope for. Ultimately, it's down to the other parent to change their mindset. Does that make sense? Yeah, and we can never control the other person. We can only ever work on ourselves. I mean, this is a, a lot of the work I do when someone comes to me in therapy with, you know, a high conflict, you know, relationship, whether they're separating or divorcing or not there yet, but probably going down that road. You know, one of the things that we cover is, you know, can you co-parent or do you have to parallel parent? Because at the end of the day, just like you said, it is about the child and the child can still have 
a very happy childhood as long as the two parents are, you know, the train tracks and the child is the train in the middle still going ahead. And, you know, I teach about extreme modified contact with, you you know, with, there's lots of tools. And as long as you set up a strategy that works well and keep your boundaries, you know, all the time, you know, send a clear message, be assertive, which is not easy to do when you are obviously, you know, still in healing yourself from probably lots of wounds that you've, you know, that you've been victimized by a toxic person. It's it's not an easy route, but, you know, having support makes a massive difference from what I've seen with my clients as well. You know, a lot of my clients are also, you know, recommended to work with a McKenzie friend and, you know, use things like the My Family Wizard apps and things like that to, to yep. just keep contact to civil <laughs> and minimal if you do have a very high conflict person and bare minimum. And it still works. The children can still be really, really happy. So what about your awards? You, When we were chatting on Instagram, you said to me that, oh, yeah, I'm busy this week because of the awards. Tell us oh. about, you know, <laughs> don't be shy now. <laughs> it's important. You've done such amazing work. You've been nominated for a few, haven't you, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, but I, I say these as humble brags. So, you know, I'll take you back. Even from day one, uh, we are an award-winning CIC already. So we started in the January of last year. By the end of March last year, I was nominated for the best campaign at the Fatherhood Awards. So in June, I went along to that, you know, just to mingle with people, network with these fantastic people that were going to be there. You know, I was up against people like the ex-footballer Ashley Kane in his charity. I was up against Lad Baby, who's had five Christmas number ones. And ultimately, I come away with the, with the award after like six months. Oh, of- wow. I feel like I need to clap. I need to clap. <laughs> I'm Thank getting you. goosebumps. I really am. Because you come across as such a genuinely nice person. I'm just so pleased. Thank so you. pleased. That's really I mean, good. That- that award show, I've had to take a lot from that because there was a lot of mistakes I made in that award show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> God, t- tell us a few. Go on, don't let share. <laughs> I wasn't even in the room when they announced me as the winner, so, <laughs> so that was very awkward. <laughs> so it was, that it is was very humble. <laughs> Sorry, he's in the toilets, guys. <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. So it was, it was a free bar... And they called us through to the auditorium and the wife said to me, do you need to go to the toilet before we go in and sit down? And ultimately, I tell my kids every time we go on a long journey, can you go to the toilet? (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'll be all right, you know. So we went through and it was 45, there was at least 45 minutes of these guest speakers and everything. And I was like, you know, I've really got to go. So I went through and obviously we've just come out of COVID, you know, so I've done, done my little wee in the toilet and, and I'm doing the 20 seconds singing happy birthday to myself. I'm talking to another dad who's at the award show and I walk back into the auditorium and it's silent and the wife goes, it's you. I went, well, who else would it be? You know where I'd been. And they were like, no, it's you. You've won. And my name's on the backdrop. <laughs> my, my banner's oh, there. That's... Like, what? So me being me, I just went, woo, and threw my hands up in the air, ran down the second <laughs> of the aisle Went up on the stage, didn't even use the side steps, and got my award. And because I didn't think I'd win, I didn't prepare a speech, and they gave me a microphone. And all I said was, <laughs> "Well, that's a bit awkward, isn't it?" And then I walked off stage. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's genuine. That <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not attached to the outcome when it comes to awards. 
<laughs> that's for sure. That's amazing. And so, and more recently, you've been award, you've been nominated again. Yes, I've been nominated for. There's one award that's a year long running award for best professional service provider in the UK. But then on the 26th of May, I've been nominated for the best charitable organisation of the year. And then on the 9th of June, I've been nominated for best social enterprise, best innovation, and the prestige award. So yeah, so I'm, I'm quite busy. Like last week when we were talking, I've had to go and record my VTs for the events. I've had to do some interviews for it. And it, it's, it's like a little... <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different world. It's like I'm some kind of megastar now. And it, it's, it just blows my mind every time I do things like this. I mean, I literally walk down the street now and people recognise me and who I am. I was on TikTok Live the other night and someone said, we use the same barbers. I was like, what do you mean we use the same barbers? <laughs> Like I was on, You're definitely I, a celebrity. He's got stalkers now. Yeah. <laughs> I was on holiday in Butlins with my son and someone says, I've seen you at Butlins. I was just like, this is just crazy that this is actually happening. And it just shows the impact that I'm having on all these different people nationally and globally. And yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, because you said you're travelling to Canada, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm on a committee in New York City already to help them pass a bill for 50-50 parenting. I help dads in America, Canada. Uh, Pakistan, New Zealand, South Africa. And I'm actually going out to Canada at the end of June to look at opening a Dad's Advocates out in Canada. So someone's going to do my work and use my name and use all my strategies and techniques, but put it with their law in court. And for someone to reach out and say, I want to use Dad's Advocates in Canada because you're already helping people here. I'm just like going... What do I do? <laughs> like, because yeah, I've never I planned that, for anything. Probably not expected when you started all this, right? No, definitely not. Definitely. I mean, uh, my my aim was to help one dad. My aim was just to help one person, and I've achieved that. And as far as I'm concerned, I can hang my boots up now and say that's it. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> you can't uh, now. It's too late now, Nathan. Now. <laughs> now, especially after this podcast. <laughs> You have to go into hiding. <laughs> I know, we're looking at opening a contact centre run by Dad's Advocates and male drop-in centres. So, yeah, it's just a crazy a whirlwind year that I've had. Yeah, it's just mental. But the sad thing is it's needed and that's the problem. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Honestly, I'm in, in a similar space in that. And, you know, it's 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 uh, two sides of the same coin. On one hand, you're like, this is amazing and you feel the passion and you feel proud and you feel, you know, I can see it in your face as I look at you when you speak about this. It's like, this is your life purpose. It's not, you know, it's not something less than that. And it's a mission, isn't it? And on the same, you know, on the other side, you're like, wish it didn't need to be at all you know wish it wasn't needed in the first place but it's it, it is and thank goodness for people like you uh helping out because it is you know it's it's a real massive you know there's a it's it's it, it's going to require a massive societal cultural political legal shift and you're are you know literally you've just kind of flying through this aren't you amazing how much you've done in such a short space of time and I wanted to ask you a little, just out of curiosity, because this is something that comes up with my clients a lot. When they have got past, you know, healed the wounds, I mean, it's a life journey, right? It's an ongoing process. But once they get to a point where, you know, they're in a better place emotionally, they've moved forward in their life. And now they want to do what, you know, they want to kind of pay it forward in some way. Uh, Not all of them, but some. And there's a, a real fear of further abuse comes up because, you know, having been there, we kind of know how much it can escalate. And has that happened to you with this? Yeah. So, you know, in fact, I was so my final court case ended 
uh, October last year. So like I said earlier on, I've been to court 28 times with my ex-partner. Because the last year when we were going through the court system again, she kept using dad's advocates and said, oh, he's helping other people. He's telling his story. Like, this isn't allowed. And I'm like, well, why isn't it allowed? Like, a woman tells her story every day when when they're a victim, okay? And I understand that it's important to talk about it. So why can't a male talk about his story? And that's what I was trying to get across. I was like, so what if I'm helping other people? Thank goodness that I'm helping other people because I don't want people in the same situation I'm in. And this was brought up regularly in court as well, to the point the judges were going, this has got nothing to do with the children and why we're here. And even a judge says, thank goodness he's standing up for his rights and thank goodness he's doing what he's doing. But ultimately, we're not here about that. So, I, yes, I did get a lot of backlash. Yes, every now and again, I do get a mum trying to attack me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever it is. But because I'm in that happy state of mind and I know my purpose in life, I'm not bothered. Like, I'm not here to be liked by everybody. I'm not here to... I'm, I'm really not here to be liked. I don't care if I'm... As long as my children love me, that's all I'm bothered about. And I've already been through all, all the ups and downs. I've already been through all the rubbish times. Like, nothing is going to affect me now because this is what I love. This is what I want to do. And if you're passionate about something, you don't let anyone else bring you down. It's that simple. Forget about the backlash. I laugh it off now. The fact that someone's ready to come to me and give me some backlash and give me some harsh words, that just gives me more attention. That gives dad's advocates more attention. <laughs> that gives us dads more attention. Bring it on. That's what I say. You can't bring me down anymore because I've already been at my lowest, lowest point ever. And I've already climbed my way back up. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. Like, no one is ever going to stop me. Like, now my seven-year-old son, Nathan Jr., he's already talking about taking over dad's advocates. Like, Aww. and that to me, <laughs> that yeah, to me is just amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I wound up then. <laughs> but yeah, no, no don't the only people I feel emotional on your behalf. <laughs> The only people I worry about that like me are my children now. So let the backlash come, let the haters come, because I tell you now, I win around. And I have done, like, for example, one of my legal team, she has been through the ringer with an ex-partner, and she was very much a very well-known man-hater. Yet she now writes court position statements and witness statements for her dads because now she sees the other side of it. So, you know, if there's anyone out there that doesn't believe me that things can change, Come and talk to me yourself because you're not going to affect me anymore. I love that. Spoken from a true place of turning pain into purpose and wounds into wisdom. I love that. And thank you. I I, I, I really feel you. I really do. I really, really do. And I think Sorry your kids are extremely, <laughs> extremely. No, there's never, honestly, with me, never have I... Tears are good. They have they contain stress hormones and they heal us as well. So it's always good to let them out. And actually, that's a really good example for males as well to connect back with their emotions. Because I think often <clears throat> society teaches that men don't cry, right? But it's a really important role model as well for your kids. And it's okay to be, you know, emotional because it is. You know, our kids are the ones that sometimes when we have kids, we become, you know, the the adult. Um, we step into true self-leadership. And that's uh how then you get to a place where you are impacting on a big scale like you are other people's lives and, and you know, generations down the line, because this is just about the dads, it, as you highlight many times in this chat, it's all about the kids and their kids and their kids' kids, because all this stuff, you know, epigenetic research shows that 
you know, this unresolved, toxic, dysfunctional, uh, abusive, non-healthy relationships, especially in a, in a, in a relationship of the ch- children's parents, it gets passed down to the kids. You know, so it's so, so important the work, the work you're doing and, you know, to hear you and see you get emotional with your little ones. It's, uh, it's, it's, it really comes across as even more genuine. And I think I would challenge anyone to come and, and give you any, <laughs> any abuse over what you're doing because it is important. And, you know, it doesn't matter about gender. You know, it really doesn't matter. We all, we, we're parents, right? And we all have right to connect with our children and they deserve it. And that's the important part. Before we go, Nathan, if you had just one piece of advice for dads or parents in general, what, what, what's that one piece of advice that you would give someone? Think about the children. That's it. Because like I said, ultimately, no ma- they see a lot more than we think they do. Like my kids, for example, the last time I was in court was October last year. We flew out on a family holiday on the Monday to Italy. I came back on the Tuesday evening, went to court on the Wednesday morning, flew back to Italy on the Wednesday afternoon to finish my family holiday. And ultimately, they knew what I was coming back for. And they are very switched on. Even when you think they're not in earshot, they are in earshot. They see what's going on. They hear what's going on. All they need is loving parents. Regardless of what goes on between the two of you, they need a loving parent. They need to know where they come from. And ultimately, if if you're loggerheads with each other, they're going to have to be pick sides because they, they, they're going to tell you what they think you need to hear so that they feel that love. So ultimately, think about the children and put them first. What do the children need? The children need both parents. I'm not saying be friends. There's not going to be many that can be friends after a relationship breaks down because of everything that's gone on. But what I'm saying is them children need to be put first. And ultimately, that's what it's all about. And what you're talking about is great advice. And what you're talking about really speaks to me because a lot of the work I do is in in, in breaking generational trauma cycles. And a big part of that is directly related to attachment, which is to do with, you know, how we, how safe we feel, how lovable, how important, how much we matter to our parent. And, and that gives us, you know, either a secure attachment style that then benefits us into our adulthood or we don't. Uh, and, and we have unhealthy attachment styles that literally affect us in adulthood in every aspect of our lives. And, you know, knowing as a child that you are lovable and worthy and deserving of your parents' love unconditionally is basically the most important thing you can ever give your children so that they can develop into healthy adults, healthy and happy adults and carry that down to their own children, etc. So yeah, really, really great advice, Nathan. Thank you so, so much for being here. Is there anything else you want to share with us before you go? Just everyone love each other or love your children. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, if anyone needs any reach out to people. I'm not saying reach out to me personally, but you know, there's people out there that can support you reach out to me, reach out, even if you just need an ear to bend, find that one person because being in a toxic relationship is awful. But by bottling it up, you're only going to hurt yourself even more. So always reach out to someone. That's it. And if people do want to reach out to you or to Dad's Advocates, where can they do that? So we can do it on the website. So we've got the Dad's Advocates website, which is www.dadsadvocates.com. We've got an app. So just go on your app store and look at Dad's Advocates. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram is and LinkedIn is just Dad's Advocates. You know, we're everywhere. 
just find us. Brilliant. And we'll pro- uh, we'll put some links for you guys in the show notes as well. Yeah. Even if you don't reach out, just watch the videos. It takes my, because as many people I've helped just by watching my videos. You know, I'm not all about the crazy dance. I'm, I'm here to advise and help people. <laughs> we won't see you dancing on TikTok, no? <laughs> no, you'll never see me dancing or singing on TikTok. <laughs> All right, Nathan, thank you ever so much for coming on Time to Unlearn today. I really, really appreciate all that you're doing for all the dads, all the children especially, and uh, carry on and good luck with your next awards and with the growth of your hopefully soon-to-be charity officially. And thank you very, very much for sharing your story with us. I really, really appreciate you so, so much. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you everyone at home or on the go for listening to Time to Unlearn. If you find this show helpful, please hit that follow or subscribe button. It does wonders for the show so more people can find Time to Unlearn organically. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about today, please drop me a line at podcast at carlashohet.com. I read every email I get, whether that's an episode idea, a guest recommendation, or just a simple note about how the show has impacted you. I'd love to hear from you. I'm Carla Shohet, and I'll see you on the next episode.